Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered ChampaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, everybody out there on the webs. Um, I never know how to truly address people on this thing. Uh, Welcome back to Broadway Breakdown. Uh, As promised, I am here again, Mr. Matt Koplick. And as promised, John is still recuperating. So to buy ourselves some time, we're continuing our trend of Broadway obsessions. And with us is actress, comedian, writer, and scavenger hunt leader. Yes. Yes. Miss Abby Goldfarb. Hello, Abby. Hello. Y'all can see Abby on 42nd Street in the Yiddish Fiddler on the Roof. Yes. Uh, she plays numerous roles at any given time. Uh, what have you gone it's on true. for so far? So far, I've gone on for pretty much all of the ensemble ladies. So mm-hmm. this includes Shandel, Mottel's mother, which mm. is, you know, I'm inappropriately aged for which we like yeah um i mean you being that my son is older than me on stage you're but... perennial you're perennially 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 <laughs> i had the weirdest time saying uh easily i think was the word i was trying to say it's a hard uh, word with patrick it's yeah. not easy to it's say not easy, easily no, no but perenni- perennially perennially you're perennially 55 i am perennially perennially now yeah, i'm say, having trouble saying it perennially fast is hard 55. You have to go. you're you are perennially i am perennially 55, 55 and also apparently mother i have a motherly essence yeah on stage, you're, so you're a big I'll old take den, that. Yeah, exactly. big old den mother. I've always thought you were 55, <laughs> even when mother. even when you were 14. I've always been 55. Yes, I have I have had the benefit of knowing Abby Goldfarb too long. for not over long a decade. Enough. Not long enough. It's too been long. Wonderful. Both things at the same yes. time. But yes, so I've gone on for, and that's what I'm on for this whole week, which is why I brought that up first. It's from so uh, it's Muttel's for Muttel's mother, mother Shandel. She's a spicy firecracker. I've been on for. Um, the other like ensemble women that you wouldn't know by name, but Rifka and Mirala and uh, notice that like Mirala. Did mm-hmm. you see? Did you hear that L? Yeah, yeah the see. R, whatever I said. Um, <laughs> it's very Yiddish. And 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 I've been on for Grandma Zeitel. Love it in the dream. Mazel tov, mazel tov, mazel tov, mazel tov. You know some of the lyrics. I in do. Yiddish as well. Yeah. Woo. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm going on for Fruma Sarah soon. Um, mm-hmm. And so that will be another check. Yeah. And title soon, Please, maybe? That's, that's going to be some like 
pitched. Oh, it's yeah. it's very high. It's, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's uh, a lot. Oh yeah. yeah and it. our current from is she's fantastic. She's everything. From Sarah is a great bitstress role. Oh, it really it's is. It's a role for the bitstresses. It really is. Um, so yeah, I'm in that right now. Doing, can doing can my you thing. can you pitch me a line from yes. Fiddler in Yiddish? In Yiddish. So sure. Instead of tradition, what oh, does everyone okay. say? Traditie. So Traditie, Traditie, and then here's, do you want to hear like what the mamas say, for instance, or something? Well, so the matchmaker, matchmaker becomes, Shadchunte, Shadchunte. A miracle of miracles. Uh, I know it's not your wait, track. Yeah, but, wait, but hold on heard, a second. You've heard, you've heard it so <laughs> I'm often. I'm the fourth model cover. <laughs> Don't even Joel Gray has been breaking down <laughs> barriers with his casting has, for this show, including gender bending. Model, model. The I mean, model's oil. like a model third woman be. anyway. He's he very, kind of is. he's very sensitive. He's an very artist. sensitive. Um, I love model. He's my favorite. Um, oh, I don't now. I can't. It's now. I'm on the spot. Yeah, I don't know. Hold on. God hold damn on. It. Uh, hold on. Hold on. Land. No, can't do it. <laughs> she doesn't have it. Can't do it. She don't have it. She's too busy doing All puzzles. All my friends are going to be upset. Yeah, I'm too busy doing puzzles backstage. But yeah. I could give you a different lyric. Why okay. Why do you like something? Give um, me some. Ask another Okay, God. Sunrise, sunset is? Togain, togois. Oh, that's sweet. Togain. Yeah. Um. How? So, okay, then, yeah, give me the, the mother's verse okay. in, in tradition. You'll like Tradition. this one. That's why, yeah. Right, tra- in right, tradition. Wer von uns darf verbieten, na jedisch Heus, a ruhig Heus, a kosher Heus. Wer darf sagen, Kinder hatten auf der Scheuß, gedehn, der tat jetzt frei zu gehen in Schul. Dum, dum, dum. Die Mane. <laughs> you really liked that. For all of you out there listening, you couldn't see Matt's face, but he was truly bouncing in true tradition form. I was like a little five-year-old. Mm-hmm. The downside of this podcast yes. is that people can't see yeah, what I really... do sometimes. Uh, is it a downside? I'm kidding. <laughs> wow. We're getting real. You truly here. know really. that Abby Goldfarb yeah. and I have known each other for so long so because long. she just she takes She's this little me. knife and she cuts me in the stomach <laughs> and she says and she says, Who, me? <laughs> That's exactly it. Yeah. Uh, Abby Goldfarb will cut you off at the knees and she'll go, What, me worry? I feel like that should be my tagline. <laughs> Abby Goldfarb will cut you off, off at the, the knees. knees and say, Who, me worry? <laughs> what, me worry? No. That's good. That is, that, that is, yeah, that's that'll bad. be uh, the whole MO of your, uh, the first chapter of your, of your memoir. Working on it. Billy, I beg to differ with you. How do you mean? You're the top. Yeah. You're an arrow collar. You're the top. We can wrap up a bit more of the Yiddish fiddlers. That way everyone knows who you oh, are, yeah. what you've done, and why you're important well, to this podcast. I mean. I mean, you are. Obviously. I mean, just listen to your voice. My the vocal, gravitas. The, gravi- the gravitas of my voice. Yes. Uh, normally but yeah, I'd no, it's been a to, really awesome. Normally I'd ask you to yes. say gravitas in Yiddish, but you wouldn't know. Gravitas? <laughs> That's offensive. I know. But I'm, I can do it. I can say it. It's fine. Um, yeah. uh, you, you guys have had some pretty amazing people oh, show up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In fact, this past week, mm-hmm. we had the notorious RBG Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yas, yas. And Kate McKinnon come yeah. the same night. And Kate McKinnon does the RBG mm-hmm. impression. And they met each other for the first time. And that was epic. I happened to be on, which was nice. So I had two lines. Mm. But for those 10 seconds of me speaking on stage, RBG was listening to me. She heard you. If anyone was wondering, I wonder what RBG is doing right now. 
She was at Fiddler listening to Abby Goldfarb yes. say two lines in those twenty in those twenty seconds of time. Yes, it's scattered, it. of course. Yes, that's was, what she was doing. It was time stopped. Listen, that is <laughs> those twenty seconds are forty seconds more than she's ever listened to me. <laughs> so we're at negative. For yes, because <laughs> I'm pretty sure there there's twenty seconds <laughs> in the past where she had the option and she opted not she to. She chose not and to, that's, and that is negative. <laughs> That's funny. It's fine. Like she can that. listen to whatever podcast she wants. Honestly, she don't want to listen to this about bottoms. I would listen to her talk about anything any day. She's fantastic. Would you listen? We to need RBG? her. Would you listen to we RBG talk about bottoming? Probably. I'll get her on here then. <laughs> get her on here. Get, get her Oscar. on here and her really cute security guards. Okay. By the way, that but, love their job clearly. So and then, you know how important it is. I will bring her on to talk about whatever her Broadway obsession is. I like Speaking that. of which, yes. What why, is mine? What? Why Abby why Goldfarb is here? Bro- <laughs> Fiddler, well, Fiddler's Abby Goldfarb is here to talk about her Broadway obsession, uh, which is what. Okay, before I tell you. I, I have to tell you how much of a struggle this was to come up with a Broadway obsession, which makes me really sad about my, my life because I just felt like last I was like, OK, I have a lot of likes like I love I love theater. I love doing theater. But I was like, OK, I could pick this star. I like her. I like her. I like, I like her. her. I like I'm going through all these people. I'm like going through these shows. and I'm like, what am I obsessed with, though? Like. And so it took, I have to just tell you, it took me a long time mm. to come up with it. But I have decided that my Broadway obsession, I don't know if it, this is grammatically correct, is 11 o'clock numbers. Yeah, that's, that's grammatically okay. correct. Because, Are because, 11 because o'clock the, numbers? No, because, no, is, because it, it is your 11 obsession. 11 o'clock numbers the, the obsession is my obsession. Is, is, the, is exactly. the obsession. So. That is my obsession, 11 o'clock numbers. Let me tell you briefly why I came upon this. Mostly because I love the idea that they're called 11 o'clock numbers. I did some research. They're called 11 o'clock numbers because theaters, like when this came about, I guess they would start some shows around 8.30 or something. Mm -hmm. And by the third hour, it'd be 11.30 at night. Mm -hmm. And that would be like the big time for someone to, you know, do this big show-stopping number where the character has this great... You mean 11. Was that's what did why I they're just called? Say, you at said eleven thirty. Shoot. No, no, but no, you're right. Yes. No. Well, at eleven thirty o'clock number. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes theater started at eight thirty. That is yes. true. Yes. Um, and then even eight, but also like shows in the golden age yeah. were longer. They were longer, exactly. And so around eleven o'clock was the time. Was the when... time where a star would have its turn to mm-hmm. you know have this moment of change or epiphany or blah 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 blah. Yes. And these are the numbers that have stuck with people, mm-hmm. and I think that they. What is an example of an 11 o'clock number well, for the listeners, Abby Goldfarb? That's a great question, Matt Copley. So people can understand what you're talking about. Uh, an example of this in on cur- currently on Broadway right now, that's an obsession for many people, I think, would be like from Waitress, She Used to Be Mine. Yes. That like is, I'm just giving a current example to keep true. us like all grounded in mm-hmm. what's on Broadway today. It's like everyone hearing all those people singing that. That's an mm-hmm. 11 o'clock number. But like more standardly, we all think of Rose's turn yes. from Gypsy would be like the ultimate. It's the gold standard. It's the gold standard. Um, Last Midnight mm-hmm. from Into the Woods. Ladies Who Lunch. Mm-hmm. Things like this. Um, mm. Which was, You don't think Ladies Who Lunch is? I think ladies who lunch. I think it's one of. I think ladies who lunch and being alive, kind of like they do. They, they I think they're scissoring it out. They are. <laughs> they are scissoring it out. I think. I think being alive, yeah, would probably be the more like. 
would be the more uh, the safe approach to mm-hmm. it. Would be like, yes, that's the lead of like it's Bobby's song. Yeah. Well, and I think the problem with being alive is that technically it could be considered the finale, but there's a scene after yes. being alive, so it's yes. not like the final moment of the show, but it is the final number, which and doesn't you- always. Yes. Course, like correlate with the idea that of it being the eleven o'clock. But that's number, the but beauty of eleven o'clock. It could hours. be. Sometimes it could it's the, be. Sometimes it's the last song of the show, yes. like Rose's turn. Sometimes yes. it's the second to last, which I like. Love. She used to be mine, right? Um, last midnight, I think, is uh not quite the second to last, like, no. like fourth to last. Um, but it is the but last like power the big, song of the show. And it's like her big moment. Yeah, and after the, and yeah, usually eleven you know, o'clock numbers are it's bigger. the big moment, and it's usually even if it's not, I guess. It's not always a big production number, right? Like no, it's not. It's usually a solo. Exactly, moment. but it but it is such an epic yeah. solo moment mm-hmm. where we now see the character in this new light, or they have a big change of heart, or they mm-hmm. decide to do so yeah. and so, whatever. And well, I think, yeah, go. You, you, you no, I was just gonna say, I I I guess my obsession is more just the idea that these things can become so famous, mm-hmm. like one song can represent an entire show essentially and this idea of this being like in the olden days too like the 11 o'clock number was often like some woman like on a piano just like like that's my that's like i have connotation like that's like what i think of you know and like in a very standard sense of just like a woman having like uh, a cigarette in hand like laying on a piano just like divulging and like that's usually like the 11 o'clock numbers in movie musicals around that time like so i I'm so gay. I literally was watching mm-hmm. Easter Parade with my mom for the first time the other day. And like Judy Garland's 11 o'clock number is at a bar after yeah. she thinks that Fred Astaire has like ditched her for Ann Miller. Yeah. Which like if ever there was a stupider plot point is Judy Garland wanting Fred Astaire in the first place and then thinking that he was going to ditch her for Ann Miller. It's like, come not, on, gays. Yeah. Like get no, it together. It's not, this, yeah, that's no, not great. No, like th- that's not a real love triangle. But what I was going to say about 11 o'clock numbers, why I think that they usually are so epic and why they represent shows so much. I believe 95% of stories, or at least the ones that we find most effective, are usually about somebody making the wrong decision mm-hmm. the entire time. Mm-hmm. And then the last 10 minutes, they've realized they're making the wrong decision and they make the right decision. Yes. That's usually what the 11 o'clock number is. Yeah. Or it's yeah. like, it's, if it, the 11 o'clock number is them realizing that... Or it's the song that eventually gets them to realize yes. that. Like, Rose's turn, she does not realize uh, what a monster she is. It's right. her, like, doubling down and be like, it's my turn now. And then it ends and she goes, it's not my turn. Right. <laughs> it could, yeah, doubling down on it. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I don't, and I also think, but now what's kind of funny to me is that there are also kind of subcategories of 11 o'clock numbers in my mind of, like, that, like, second tier mm-hmm. character that is like the one everyone's favorite like the mm-hmm. funny character in something or that has this grand number at any point in the show sometimes mm-hmm. and that can be like sometimes the most famous part of that musical and in a way people be like oh it's like the 11 o'clock number and it's like well it's it's and- not it's not really but it's sort of become this word for just a fantastic number. Yeah. You know? And I love that, that we can kind of give power to the power to the smaller supporting roles who often have these big turn like big turns at something very simple sometimes. Yeah. But it becomes this like yeah. viral staple. People are misappropriating theater. the word eleven the yeah, term eleven. I kind o'clock of love number. that. And it's like mm, 
Is it the 11 o'clock number or was it just the act one finale? It was the act. It was totally like the two o'clock number. Yeah. It's like, uh, I'm pretty sure that song was the third one in the show. So. I do feel like we should start referring to all the songs in a show as like, well, that was the 8, 15 o'clock number. <laughs> nope. That was the 946. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just, I thought he was so effective. His 1047 number was fantastic. No need for titles anymore of, no. of, show, of what, uh, songs. Yeah. Well, so many, there's so many terms for numbers in musicals that I, that, you know, we have, obviously there's the opening number, the act one finale. Yeah. Um, there's the, Back back in the golden age, there was also a song that they would call the cigarette number, which was the number that if you needed a cigarette, you stepped. That you was go. you would go because it was the missable number. Yep. Well, I feel like we still have those. We just don't call them cigarette. I mean, <laughs> in some shows, there are, there are some cigarette scores. Are, yeah, well, that's true too. But uh, not like no Tino are... Shade. Just, no, there's no. we've got some great scores out there. Absolutely, we've got some where it's like. Yeah, Could that's we have done better. That's with everything, right? Like sure. all art, all things. You're gonna have better ones and worse ones, and yeah. or ones that rather people like more and other people don't. Like Absolutely. there's always that. But for, for every band's visit, there is a visit. There is a King of Kong, right? And they serve different purposes. Yes, very. One <laughs> oh, no. tried to be a show. Yeah, the other didn't. I mean, I gotta tell you though, like if someone were like. Here, you want to be on Broadway in King Kong and be like in a hundred a hundred milliseconds, yeah. I throw no shade to the people in King Kong. No. Just the, I, I throw the, shade to happened. the people behind putting that show on Broadway. Which yeah. is ironic because Eddie Perfect, who wrote the score for King Kong, quote unquote score, mm-hmm. did such a great job with Beetlejuice that I was like, How dare you poop out How King Kong and then do Beetlejuice? I didn't see it, so I can't really have an opinion. Oh, that's where you and I. That's where you and I differ. I have opinions. I mean, on I everything can I have an opinion. I'm just gonna try to be a nice human on this podcast. So okay, that no, all, you, you know, sure, make me the and bad not a cop. nice human, just one that's you're, acceptable. You're at sitting least. across from me. I guarantee you're gonna come I'm gonna across come a lot a nicer. Top. Yeah, yeah, a great. lot nicer than I do. This is good for my self esteem. You know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, why did you choose? 11 yeah. o'clock numbers. What made you realize all of a sudden, I, Abby Goldfarb, am actually quite obsessed with these? Yeah, I think because I've always been drawn to them as like, <laughs> as my 55-year-old self. Like, when we were in, uh, growing up doing theater together and musicals together and like, when I we were- I did theater? When did I do theater? Did I not tell you that you used, you, you used to do theater? Uh, it's, I, yes, I do forget sometimes. Oh, I forget shoot. how phenomenally talented I used to be. I could tell <laughs> lots of stories, including, <laughs> was it It's Too Darn Hot? What? Wait, what? I did do that! <laughs> Shit! In, wait, um. Loves Me, Loves Me Not. In, in a vest, I believe? Yes, a, a fur vest. A red fur, fur vest. vest. And sparkly pants where you could see the outline of my penis. And let me tell you this. There was more than one showstopper there, if you know what I mean. Right. So, you know, anyways, uh, moving past that. Yes, since our young days of... I'm sorry, oh, I just took the floor for a minute. I no, keep, I'm gonna, you deserve it, I'm and gonna that keep, was I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep doing it. That was meant to be. Please, yes, take but it. But since our, your, since your youth, you always gravitated towards I gravitated towards, towards like, those big kind of showstopping, like... Um, sort of age inappropriate for me at the time but like sure. that's sort of what I was always cast as and what I always like felt drawn to mm-hmm. and I didn't I, 
I guess I love comedy so much. Like comedic musical theater mm-hmm. is what I'm also drawn to. And I feel like there's always, I don't know. I feel like these epic songs are, get, they get, they have such life for a reason, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, and they're what make divas divas. Not yeah. that I'm one. I'm just saying like, that's kind of what I would, that's like the ultimate goal would be to like be known for for that song. for doing that song and that's like the role I would love to even if it's like I said like a supporting character that's has this huge moment I think that's really awesome to be known for you know this one big epic number yeah and I don't know like I think that's what theater like in my mind that's like what I think of when I think of theater I think of those moments yeah and for kids who go to theater or whatever, when they're watching, like those are the ones that they remember. Like, the, and they remember them because of what we were talking about, because of what they are in the show. They're the time where the tables turn or like some, oof, yeah. ah, where the, something shifts. Yes, with the um, turns tabled. The tam- yeah. turns tabled, and people like you start learning the moral of the story, like mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's. It, yeah, you could also say it's like the thesis of the show. It's the thesis, and I like a concise. Like, I feel like, quite honestly, the, I love the 11 o'clock number because we could pretty much just do the 11 o'clock number, call it a night. Yeah. Do we need the rest of the show? We give a little synopsis. Fuck the, the rest beginning. of Gypsy. Just give me. <laughs> just give me time. literally, like, so this is what happened. We were on the road. We had two kids. And then. <laughs> All of a sudden, it's become a cabaret act. <laughs> and then she's like, it's Rose's turn. Patty LaPone comes done. out with a cigarette. She goes, so I had two daughters. And we did this whole thing. Flash forward a few years. Tell- we- and now one of them's a stripper and she's famous. And now my turn. And everyone pays. Tell me you wouldn't pay to see that. Come on. I mean, that also kind of- Patty Lapone came to see Fiddler and yeah, she, she was the sweetest woman ever. And oh, like so truly, I was not expecting speaking her to of be ladies who lunch. Ladies, speaking of ladies who lunch. Yeah. yeah, she was the most like truly the most. I don't know, like friendly, but also like just a joy. Like yeah. she seemed like such full of life. I hear she's so lovely. I hear she's lovely, cuckoo, but like in the in a lovely way, and not then, like, a, not she in like a scary a down way. to earth cuckoo, cuckoo, cuckoo. Yeah, way, like in the way that like moms are cuckoo. Like yes, it's it's yes. not a it's not hide like your kids, hide your wife. Exactly. It's, it's exactly. like I don't know. It's more sort of like. Hey, Patty, how are you doing today? <laughs> tomato sauce. Like, yeah, exactly. so, so, like, I had some tomato sauce. And you're like, great. Okay. I guess Actually, that's how you're doing. My friend did put, like, together a Patty Lapone calendar or, like, a Pal- Patty Lapone. Patty Lapone. <laughs> now we found your Pat- drag name. <laughs> that's a great drag name. Patty Lapone. <laughs> I have. Sh- add it to the list. I It wasn't for me, Herbie. And if it wasn't for me, then where would you be? Miss Jensen Rosie! Someone made a, a mood, like a mood calendar of how you're feeling that day based on Patty Porn's faces. <laughs> and they showed it to Patty when she came and uh-huh. she was obsessed with it Aww. and in like the sweetest way was obsessed with it especially because this yeah. person was in the show so it's mm-hmm. you know it's like <laughs> what I like but about I Patty what I like about Patty is that she, I don't know like how true this is because we all say things that you know even if we think it's true it may not be true but she says like she's not a big fan of herself mm-hmm. um, like she knows she's talented and she yeah. works hard but she's like I don't listen to myself I don't yeah. watch myself yeah. 
So I think she enjoys other people being obsessed with her. It makes her feel validated in the work she does. Like, oh, so I know that I was really proud of the work, but I never want to watch it because I don't actually like looking at myself. Someone else connected with it. Exactly. Yeah, I I respect that. I like her. I like her a great deal. Interestingly enough, Avita doesn't have an eleven o'clock number. Um, what Hmm. what's the most famous number of the show is actually what opens Act Two. Argentina? Yeah. Uh, no, not uh, Don't Cry For Me, Argentina. Yeah. <laughs> just, I just shortened it. Argentina. Sorry. Well, because it, it, comes, it comes right after a new Argentina. So it's oh, like, yeah, no, sorry. not a new no, Argentina. No. no. Yeah, Don't Cry don't For cry Me. Don't Cry For Me. Argentina. Um, interesting. Yeah. Well. But then again, that whole show is essentially an 11 o'clock I was about number. to say, the whole show is sort of just like a depression. Uh, well, it's just. Of 11 o'clocks. <laughs> I was going to make a really tasteless <laughs> joke about, whole, the, the entire show is essentially. <laughs> treatment for breast cancer because by the end oh of it you belted your tits off <laughs> that's good that's that's, that's offensive good. that is offensive but good i mean it's not you know see here we go ready let me just be honest here i'm still laughing, laughing about- at it i'm still laughing about the tits <laughs> we'll see it was for you thank you <laughs> That's amazing. I'm sorry. You were saying before I, I don't so, even know. You were saying before I so rudely interrupted you, you with my laughter and No, I liked it. I haven't stopped smiling. My face hurts. We have um, fun on this pod. What was I what was I saying? Uh oh. What was it, Matt? What was I saying? I what don't... was it about? We were talking about Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Can you please tell me what is the eleven o'clock number in Lay Miz? Eh. Is it is it um what's her name's number that's actually like on on my own? Yeah. No. If, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like this is a difficult one and it's also because it's sort of like an opera Basically, in the sense that it just doesn't end. The singing doesn't just end. doesn't end. Basically, I would say placement of it in the show yes. and what it does for the character you can make an argument for either bring him home mm. or empty chairs at empty tables. Yeah. Yeah. Because Empty Chairs at Empty Tables is really the That's last... That's the one that people would probably... I feel like Empty I Chairs at yeah. Empty Tables is the one that they would gravitate yes. towards. That but... is that is where the plot has sort of come to. Like, it's like everything... Yes. All the events leading up to that moment have all... Like, like everything's led up to that moment. Yes. Of the end of the war and all that shit. And that's sort of where... The, Mar- Marius takes a turn for the hopeful after that song... And thus the show does as well. Yeah. No, you're right. That's def- that. Yeah, that makes sense. I guess I am less knowledgeable about the 11 o'clock numbers in these like epics because I don't like them as much. Mm. You don't like the epics quite as much? <laughs> no. I don't usually either. I still really... I respect in- them. I still really enjoy just, Les Mis. But I will say... With- I'm just... It's so long. And it's all kind of... It's a, a lot. lot. Yeah. Like it like Fiddler's long. Mm-hmm. But like and yeah, I'm biased cuz I'm in it right now, but like Fiddler's long, but there are moments of such like there are such different levels of moments. Like some are sad, some are happy, some, yeah, you know. Absolutely. And it's like the movement of it feels longer in Les Mis. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it, it but also, that's me. That's my type of what it, I like. Yeah, no, we all gravitate towards exactly. different stuff. Believe me. Uh, lame is I will always make a case for just because with the original production anyway, it was it was a very fluid staging originally with the turntables and yeah, like it just constantly it moved. It, it constantly the moved. Pace was good. And it was and it was truly a 
melodramatic opera. So the fact that they were singing all the time made sense. Yes. In the last revival, I found it to be more plodding in its staging. Mm -hmm. And they also were trying to make it more gritty and realistic, which I thought... I think with that, and they did the same thing with the Miss Saigon revival. It was the same director, too. It goes against the grain of what the show is. Because yeah. then you're just sitting there going, like, well, this moment's stupid. Like, right. why are they singing in this right. one? Miss Saigon, there are literally moments of, like, money's on the dresser, ba-da-ba-da-ba. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, why are you singing right now? <laughs> and, yeah. and, and they have, like, the ensemble, like, ad-libbing while people sing, while they address them. They're like, I, like uh, Fontaine in the Les Mis revival is like, uh, yes, it's true. There's a child, and the child is my daughter. And all the women are like, <laughs> and I'm like, stop fucking speaking. When you speak, it reminds me that she's singing a moment where she shouldn't be singing. Right, right. But like, calm down. Can we suspend, like, suspend our disbelief here? Yes, and have exactly. a moment. In I don't time. need. I don't need to know that you learned scene study and no. did improvisational studies. Just be a theater person. Also, it makes for a me think that they didn't when they're all like, well, you know, like it's over the top. Yeah, well, they like they no, did, they did. They learned they it in to. they learned it in rehearsal. Oh yeah, yeah, acting exercises oh, of yeah. let's improvise this scene for a moment. You know how it's supposed to end, but improvise before getting there. And it's like, <sighs> all right, um, yeah, exactly. I, and I don't want to. I no, you know what? Fuck it. I <laughs> I do no, I don't ever shit on things unless. I felt like no real work went into it. Um, so there's very little... Yeah, that makes sense. There's very little theater-wise in this world that I, like, openly shat on. Yeah. There's a running joke on this podcast with me in Finding Neverland because I do truly feel like no one actually worked <laughs> on it. Um, like, seeing it, I went, oh, a corporation put this show together. Um, of, like... and did With focus- no artistry. Or, like, it was all just focus groups of, like, what do you like? I like kids playing ukuleles. I like bears on <laughs> unicycles. I didn't see it either, so I don't know. It's fucking garbage. Um, okay, and there's very little. There's in, very in the little role and that I would same, say. That I will always say that it's like not my cup of tea, mm-hmm. but that doesn't like, mean that anything. Or like I can, I'll say that I didn't think something was good, but I won't like tear it to shreds of absolutely. Uh, if, like I did not care for uh, speaking of epics. Yes, please. Uh, a few years ago, I did see Doctor Shivago. I didn't care for it, but I wasn't like gonna tear it to pieces because i could see that work went into yeah, it the yeah. fact that i didn't think it succeeded was a, my personal aesthetic or sure. the, or things that i thought might not work with the material but something like and you weren't alone no i mean other people felt that way but also like but that doesn't mean that work wasn't put into it and that doesn't mean that there wasn't like but, possibility and uh, something sure too, you know but also like um, so many people have loved ain't too proud and i yes. thought worked went into that as well but i saw it and i was and very didn't, yeah i was underwhelmed um i didn't hate it i, I enjoyed no, myself for the most part but i was underwhelmed whereas like beetlejuice which i saw recently um and uh, this, uh, no i'm not i'm not gonna say beetlejuice because i've brought it up in the last two episodes so i want to find something else okay a different show that took me by surprise did you spongebob spongebob, SpongeBob. perfect example Good. Of out of left field material, yep. people who worked really hard on it to like yes. make it into a show, yes. and they succeeded. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, like I, I, I also felt that way. Even though maybe this, I don't know if you felt this way, but I saw the prom recently, and mm-hmm. I felt the same way about that. In a, in in the sense that I really didn't expect like from the first 10 minutes of it even mm-hmm. i was like oh no mm. like what is this and then i really genuinely just had a great time and i felt like people were having fun and really 
that there was love. Oh yeah, it put it like so much love put into it that like oh, yeah. I didn't even care about like I mean, the yeah. little things that are. It's not like there a are definitely show, things. No, there, but, there are definitely things about it. But, but yeah, it was no, like overall, it served such a good purpose. I thought and it Absolutely. was like it was just everything I wanted. <laughs> True to form, it one hundred percent won me over when yes. Brooks asked Schmanskis ended a number yes. with the button. Now let's go help that dyke button. Yep. And I went. This show has my heart. Yeah, it does. It really. That's what it is. It's like full of heart. That mm-hmm. show. And mm-hmm. my God, she has an incredible voice. The lead woman. All of them. Well, all of them. Oh, the, no, when, of when course. you say the lead woman, I'm literally thinking yes. All of those women have. And that's an awesome because they're all because they all, they all have. There's, there's a bunch of roles for women in it, which is mm-hmm. awesome. No, uh, but the, Beth Level, you mean? No, Caitlin Kinnan. Yes, yes. And uh, I had never heard her sing before. Yeah, she's got an amazing voice. She, she her voice is alum ridiculous. of this po- alum of this podcast, by the way. Really? Yes. <gasps> you to can be t- in such good company with Caitlin Kinnan, uh, with uh, uh, Lucas McMahon. You remember Love Lucas. Lucas? He's been on this pod. Oh. Natalie Walker. Um, Love Natalie. Natalie, Natalie, Natalie Walker. Walker of Twitter and, of, and all, all the fame. fame. Did she and like everything fame? She posted on Instagram recently that Twitter banned her. Is that a joke? Oh, I saw that. I think they banned her for like a few hours or something. Okay, okay. which was ridiculous. Like it was. Yeah, you know, I, don't, I don't know. It's so awful. I, I don't. Yeah, it's all stupid. I don't go I don't on Twitter. Really it's toxic. It. But um, I'm happy for her success. That I she's down from Twitter. I That's the too. one good thing it's brought. Yes, the world is that they, it's brought the world Natalie Walker. Exactly. Yep. Um. Speaking of Natalie Walker on yes. Twitter, what do you think her favorite 11 o'clock number would be? <laughs> That's a great question. Let's think about Let's it. Let's think about what people's other people we know, <laughs> what, what their favorite 11 o'clock number is. What do you be. think Joel Gray's favorite 11 o'clock number is? Oh, that's a great question. You know what the 11 o'clock, well. What's the 11 o'clock number of Cabaret? Cabaret. Yeah. Yeah, but it, that wasn't his number. No, it wasn't. So do you think he sits around going, that was such a great 11 o'clock number. I wish I had been <laughs> in it. Or was he? Or do you think Definitely he's thinking, not. I wasn't in that number. It wasn't the 11 o'clock number. <laughs> well, first of all, Joel is fantastic I'm as sure. a human. And we say this and because also, Joel Gray directed Yiddish Fiddler, yes, by the way, did. in case anyone's wondering why we brought him up. <laughs> oh, yeah, just randomly. <laughs> what about Joel Gray? What do you think Joel um, Gray has to say about this? And by the way, he comes all of the time to mm. the show and like just is there. He's like around so much and so present and is eight, 86 years old or yeah. something. And just, he's just like walking everywhere, doing his own thing. Like, I, it's just unbelievable. Man. Yeah, he's yeah. really supportive and loves what, this production. And has he given you terribly. an acting it's note? Uh, yeah, wait. Um, okay, well, because I'm a swing, I often don't get to work like directly with him, obviously. Like, uh-huh. I'm in the room watching him direct everyone. Uh-huh. But I, the only thing I can remember was he told me to, he was like a little more upstage when I was like <laughs> doing understudy work for one track. Like, I didn't, uh-huh. uh, and no, when I did my understudy for, I won't say what I was doing, but I was saying something. And it was like something I was really nervous for. And he was in the audience, like mm-hmm. watching with my stage manager or whatever. And I went off stage and I was like, oh my God. All right. Like, I did it. Like, that was like a first time singing something like fully and mm-hmm. like belting. Yeah. And uh, I came back on stage like for notes or something like with other people. And he like looked at me. He was like, he gave me, um, they won't see what I'm doing. But yeah. he was like with two big thumbs up. And he was like, that sounded fantastic. And I was like, oh my God, Joel Green just gave me two thumbs up and told me it sounded fantastic. And oh my God, like that, that's it. I've peaked. And then RBG came to see the show. And now I've really peaked. Really peaked. <laughs> then you just have to be like, RBG, can I touch your gavel? Joel Gray, yeah. can I touch your Tony? That's it. That's it. Or your, Oscar. or your Oscar. Has he yeah, brought his Oscar funny. around for everyone to touch? Because that's the sign of a true leader. 
He hasn't. So I guess he's not one. He's not a real leader. That's it. Fuck you, Joel Done. Gray. Oh, I love I that. hope he I listens to this so podcast much. so he knows how we feel. He's such a cute man. He's, well, yes, he's an adorable little and such, spider monkey. And he's monkey. like still, like when he sings, like he's recently we did this gala performance mm-hmm. at, um, and he sang at the end, he like sang Vilcom, like the Aww. beginning of Cabaret and it was amazingly captivating. Like, I bet. But it's so funny to see that and see someone, you know, when he when he actually did it versus now. And mm-hmm. I'm like, it's still that's it's still there. Like, has anyone taken a photo of him? Uh, taken a photo with him, posted it yeah. on Instagram, and then written "The Wizard and I"? <gasps> has anyone done that I yet? I don't think so, actually, Matt. People, uh, should I go back and edit a photo of me and I think him and so. do that? Because people, for some reason, people forget that, that he's he the original, original wizard in Wicked. Wicked. Yeah. In Wicked. Yeah. And also, our Tevye, Stephen Skybell, was in Wicked as well. Oh. And our Mottle was in Wicked. But Stephen All these wicked played people. the doctor guy, whatever. Dr. Dillamond. Yeah, Dr. Dillamond. And they may have been in it at the same time. I don't know. Um, but they knew each other for somehow. But, anyways. Dr. Dillamond. Just fun facts. Wicked connects us all. That Yeah. That I saw the original cast of Wicked, and originally I was gonna when we were talking about obsessions, I was like, "Do I dare do like original Wicked?" Girl, if you did original Wicked, I'd be right there. I know with you, you would. I know that's why I knew it would be an option mm. because there. But it's like one of my secret obsessions because no one would look at me or no, no one who knows me would mm-hmm. be like, "Oh, Abby's definitely obsessed with Wicked." Like it just doesn't. I don't think it really is on brand for me. But that's why I kind of love that journey for you. Right? I love that journey for me too like that original wicked with adina when she could sing was like i'm sorry i'm not supposed to shit on no but like can you can you describe to everyone what i just did (laughs) matt fell first fell backwards onto his chair and then shifted and catapulted himself forward and then to the side onto the couch writhing in both disbelief shock and humor you're not so you're not the I'm first not person, and you're right. also not the first person to well, say that. Well, and let me say also, she, the woman is unbelievably talented. She just went through hell with her voice. Yeah, and like this is nothing. Like it's just a really sad, yeah. horrible thing. But she and she listen. She and she's the first, she'd be like the first to admit. I'm sure that she has the, all these vocal issues yeah. because of all of this time and, and wicked singing very that, much. Wicked ruined her. Yeah, and well, and wicked Rent has, af- and then wicked. Well, so what's interesting is you listen to Rent first, and you're like, oh my god, is she going to get through this album? And then right. like four years later came Wild Party, where she sounds right. healthy and clear as a bell. Um, so I'm like, yeah. She, I mean, she claims she's always had vocal training, and maybe that's true, but maybe she changed voice, voice teachers, teachers or because like her range expanded, her, the the, yeah. the healthiness of her voice uh, just came through. And Wicked really was sort of um, not. I don't want to say the beginning of the end, but the beginning. It's, it was the beginning of the end of her voice sounding like that. Um, yes, yes. Because she still has a very strong voice. She really it's does. Lower. It's throatier. Um, and and she doesn't have the range. And just, so her to, giving her these okay, songs... Sh- okay, Shirley Bassey. Oh, sorry, she I'm doesn't so have the range. I and think, I really love the. De- you know, yes, I'm shitting on but I'm all, but I'm also her. I'm against toxic positivity, uh, in the, which I think is rampant yes, in the theater community. It is where it's you're not allowed to express a negative opinion about anything have, about anything because people then believe you're a bad person or that yep. you're dismissing the work, and it's like, well, no, 
if you can if you can express an opinion about something that is not necessarily praise in a healthy way that's actually harder to do and, I think so and shows yes. greater insight and intelligence i agree and then you actually respect when people really do love something mm-hmm. you trust that mm-hmm because how else can you ever identify yourself? Yeah. And, it, and, and it's also showing that, like, I'm a negative opinion doesn't have to come from a place of hate. It can. No. There are things that I wanted to love so badly and yeah. I did not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, totally. And things I thought I was going to hate that I ended up loving. Right. Uh, it but all. I, I feel like, and to, again, to bring it back to the 11 o'clock number, this is why we love 11 o'clock numbers. Because <laughs> even if. Even if you don't love the show or you're not like drawn to it, there's going to be one number, mm-hmm. probably the 11 o'clock, maybe the 9 p.m. We don't know. But that you... sometimes it's the 827. <laughs> sometimes it's the 827 number. Sometimes it's the 11 o'clock number. But there's going to be like one. Sure. That really sticks that you gravitate towards. And it's probably going to be worth like it'll be like, OK, well, there was some really something really positive out yes, of this. Something this to stick with, like to hold on to or whatever. Mm-hmm. Even if you're like, mm, I really wanted to like it, but I didn't. Exactly. Um, there, I mean, I think there's, there's, there are very little Broadway musicals that I have seen where I, where I, where I would say absolutely nothing. nothing. Yeah. One hundred percent nothing. Uh, <laughs> it's more like the what that would be. I don't want to say what that. I don't even know. I've I don't, seen. I've seen. A couple of we don't plays. Even need to, yeah, I've seen a couple of plays to. where I've had that feeling where I was yeah, like, sure. and it wasn't even a nasty thought. It was more so like. I really don't think there's anything happening at all that I like. Right. You're like, why am like, I here? Yeah. Like, I saw um, King Lear, the Glenda Jackson yeah. King Lear, and I left it in intermission, not because I was like, this is the worst thing ever. I just sat there and I went, I really don't think I'm liking anything. Like, this isn't for me. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not even liking the lighting. I'm not <laughs> liking the music. I was like, there's really not anything happening on the stage that I'm enjoying. So then, yeah, don't stay. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, that's like, that's fine. Yeah. And that's okay. Like, that's your, that's how you were feeling. That's and your I, I respectfully left at intermission. Like, I did not, I did not make it a point to be like in the middle of Glenda Jackson's monologue to of go. Of course not. Ding, 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 yeah, and walk exactly. up the aisle. No. No. Oh. No. 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 Terrible. No. What has anyone done that at Fiddler? Just like got up no. in the middle of the show and said no and walked out. <laughs> no, but we have we have, we have a lovely audience members. You know, we get. As what a, did they say? Yeah, exactly. We get a lot of personalities, a lot of older personalities in the show. Oh, lovely. Uh huh. Um, a lot of cell phones. Uh, because they don't probably know how to turn them off. They know. Maybe. My grandmothers, both of my yeah. grandmothers know how to turn off their cell phones. Yeah, right? If they, That's my feeling. It's like you should know how to turn it on and off. Yeah. That's it. Even if you don't know anything else. Yeah. Turn it on and off. Yeah. But no, people have like said, they've been like, he's gonna say, sit down. Like, like they like ruin jokes. Yeah. Before they happen. Like, it's like that kind of thing. It's like, ah, sit down. We're like, we hear you. You're in the we, third row. This is an off-Broadway theater, ma'am. Right, it's very like, intimate. We're at 499 seats, okay? Not 500. God forbid. You better believe she knows the regulations for off-Broadway theaters. Do I do? I always think like, what if we just put a folding chair in there? Then what would happen? Then you guys would be eligible for the revival <laughs> right. Tony next year. We want that revival Tony now. It's ours. Well, damn it. This could have been. Okay. It could have Oklahoma been, went. It, they got it. Yeah, That's they got okay. it. It could have been your year, but could've. it could have. We got a drama desk. You did. That's you guys. Something. You guys did beat Oklahoma and kiss me, Kate, at the drama desk. We did. That's, that's quite impressive. I'll take that. 
Do you take it and I you run with it? I take it. it. I'll t- it's mine. You guys won. And Abby goes, it's, it's mine. mine. She ran away. I take it from a producer. So I'm like, give it. I rip it out of Joel Gray's hand. Oh, uh, no. If he's as nice as he says, he just give it to you. Maybe. He's a, he's a sweet little Maybe. gamer. He loves to give good, he gives really like good hugs and good hellos. I want a Joel Gray hug. And like a really good kisses on the cheek. You know, like one, mm. like he's like so. There's no gray like, area with Joel Gray. Oh. It's all love. Well, <laughs> now that you say it, no. No, he's lovely. No. Okay. I really do love him. Also, if I hated him, I couldn't say it. What's the 11 o'clock public... number in Fiddler? I was just thinking about that. It's a really good question. Is it possibly... <laughs> this is going to be a really wild one here. Ready? So... <sighs> okay. I do think that the 11 o'clock number is... <laughs> in a way, there's two. By placement in the show... <laughs> Hava Ballet. I was about to say Havala. <laughs> it's Havala. But it's not a it's not an eleven o'clock number in like famousness. Yeah. Because like people don't even but know. But it that also number. dramatically works because But that's, it dramatically works for the show. Because that's when sure. he that's the moment where Tevya says too much. He says it's too much, no more. No more, yeah. But it also and then you have Do You Love Me? Mm-hmm. Or you have Do You Love Me before that, sorry. Do you love me is before that. Yes. But Do You Love Me is like the lead up to that. But I think if we're talking like 11 o'clock numbers as far as like the famousness of them and just being like a showstopper, then obviously it's like rich man. Or oh, yeah. So, I'm just talking. So you're, you're yeah, using, I'm using it in a loose, a loose yeah. 11 o'clock. I'll say in terms of like the actual. If we were, well, so if we were to try to place in terms of place in the show slash fame slash yes. metaphor, Do You Love Me would probably That would be win. It. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or... Um, far from the home, I love. Yes, agreed. That might be more closer to more more. Far closer, from the home closer. is definitely closer. Because that's, just a, because that's it's, after. Do you love me? Isn't it? It is. Yeah, but it's not Tevya. So I was just trying to like kind Sometimes of. Sometimes the eleven no, o'clock number doesn't come I from your protagonist. Know. But yeah, I guess it would be far from the home as far as like with fame as well. That yeah. song. Well, and and it's also and it premeditates about leaving tradition yeah. and also premeditates. Still- is that the word I'm looking yeah. for? It premeditates Anatevka, like yes. that whole theme of what the show ends up. I think ending so too. On. Yeah, and I have to say, do you love me? I like learned to love it <laughs> more. Did than you ever. learn to? I do learned you love- to love me um, because it's always done as a joke, like mm. almost the, like the shticky thing to yeah. it in shows, and like though serious, it's yeah. still shticky, but. In when I've seen like Jen and Steven, who are Tevia and Golda, when they do it, it's it's so real. Mm. Like there's no, and it's so simple. And there's something about that and like the time and like the weight of like empty space that is just really moving mm-hmm. and so serious and real. And you can sense the audience like almost wants to laugh because they're expecting that they kind of should because some of these lines are funny. And it's been a but played like, as a comedy number for decades. Exactly. But like the the lyric, like the Yiddish of it is mm-hmm. already so. There's something so like text, like there's what so is much it texture in, to it. How do you say it in Yiddish? Um, Liebs mich das or something like Liebs mich That's not funny. I don't find that humorous in any way. See, it's so <laughs> it's, sad. It's, it's so sad and hard. Are though. tears running down your face? They should be. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm, I've moved myself to underneath Abby Goldfarb's <sighs> face so that way her tears can <laughs> run down my face. <laughs> Your tears, my tears. Let me. My tears, they are my own. This is one of our. <laughs> Do you know what I'm just saying? No. Do you know the song? My hands, they are my own, and they are not yours. That You don't know the song? 
Oh, Matt. I'm, I don't know what the fuck you're talking okay, about. Okay, there's this song. I, I, now I have to find it. It's called, like, My Hands or something. And we make fun of it because we're like, who else's hands would they be? I just, when I hear my hands, I think of um, Broad City. I shit, I shit, I shit. My hands. Yeah. Because what you were Wait, singing. It's by Jewel. Jewel? It's Jewel. My hands, and my it's, hands, my, my hands. are small, I know, but they're not yours. They are my own, but they're not yours. They are my own, and I'm never broken. I'd like to just say those are the actual lyrics to the Jewel song. Those lyrics are yeah. a Jewel. Yeah, they are they a gem. Are. They are. Anyways, so that's that. Uh, <laughs> well, so then I ask you this, yes. Abby Goldfarb. Yes. You mm-hmm. dabble mm-hmm. in some writing, mm-hmm. music and whatnot. Yes. What can you, if I were to throw, yeah. no, I'm not going to throw it at you. What is a property that you would adapt and where would you stick the 11 o'clock number? What is a like, property? Like, what like, is like, like a adapt? movie or a okay, book or something okay. like that, yeah. Um, Okay, I would make a Seinfeld musical, probably. Okay. And who, and so it's, would Jerry have the 11 o'clock number? No, Kramer. Well, I was just, that's actually, no, actually George. I think George would because okay. George has the most emotional baggage, a mm-hmm. emotional journey to go through, I think. Because like as far as him being so stuck in his ways, mm-hmm. like I feel like he has so much potential for like emotional levels. So do any of them ever learn? No. So was, was But the, the 11 o'clock is like, ha, we maybe learned. I learned. And then it's like, never mind. We didn't. Okay. I think. So do you think that would be the title of George's 11 o'clock number, We Maybe Learned? We Maybe Learned! We Maybe Learned! Yes, I think so. Okay. Um, what is, so big, what, what's a, what's a but, movie you really love? Okay, you're going to kill me, but like, I'm not a huge movie fan. Like I like movies, like mm-hmm. I, I like them, but I don't go see movies often. So I don't go see them. I often watch myself. so much TV that that takes over my life. But like, <clears throat> I guess like I'll throw it to my favorite movie, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory with Gene Wilder. Mm. And I would say that I love Woody Allen movies, but I can't say that anymore. That's what I would call yeah. a Joel Gray area. That's um, Joel Gray area. Patty Lapone. Patty Lapone. But I mean, I would say the eleven o'clock number in Annie Hall would be Dead Shark. With the two of them yes. realize that uh, yes, rela- yeah, their relationship is a relationship is like a shark. It's got to keep moving or it dies. And uh, their relationship is currently a dead shark. It's a dead shark. Yes. And that is and that would actually be a, a duet. That would probably that be, would a, be duet, a duet. For sure. Yeah. Has I wonder, has there ever been a duet 11 o'clock number? I wonder. I would have to do research on that. I mean, we were talking about Do You Love probably. Me? But then we decided it's we actually decided far it's from the not. home. Yeah. I mean, what I did for love, I suppose, is the 11 o'clock number in Chorus Line. Um, probably. And that's a full company number. So that could be. Yeah. I think there probably is. We could just have to, like, sift through. Yeah. Well, we'll write this well, first we'll... to two at 11 o'clock number. <laughs> Can we please? Dead Shark. Dead Shark. But it's... This sounds like a great idea. We'll use it to the tune of Dead Mom from Beetlejuice. I Dead like shark, it. Dead Shark. Dead <laughs> Shark. I think we have a shark here. Um... <laughs> Anyway, I think um, perfect. well, Abby, this has been lovely. Matt, it's been fantastic. I have I'm had, so happy 
that I got to do this and that you asked me to be on here. I'm so happy you came on here and we were able to talk. I hope we discussed your uh, your 11 o'clocks. We did. A good deal. I feel like we discussed them in the, yeah. the, the way that they needed to be discussed. I know? mean, we did go off topic, but I need you to know like that is a trademark point. of this podcast. Also, like yeah. that's what life is, I feel. So this yeah. was a perfect like pre-show ritual that oh, I wish well. I could do more did, of. I, did I warm you up? You warmed me up. I warmed I'm ready up, to be Shane Belmonte's mother. Come on, come on. No. You know what I'm ready to be warmed up for? What? The end of this podcast. Oh. Um, well, and so yes. I know, do you uh, you yes. do know about the Fiddler documentary that's coming out? I do. Yes. Yes. I think by the time this I airs. I know someone who produced it, and um, I know that Joel is in it, mm-hmm. and Austin Pendleton is in it, who's fantastic. Yeah. And my grandfather. And your grandfather Richard is Tipton. in it. Yes, he is. He is in it. Um, I've got very famous family members, everybody. Uh, very, very important people. Yes. I think by the time this podcast airs, it will be out. Yeah. So. We go out and see go it. Go see F- it. Fiddler on the Roof, Miracle of Miracles. Um, Abby, we always end yes. these pods with a diva. You got it. You have a diva in yeah, mind? of course. Okay. You want to guess who my diva is? It should be pretty easy. Should it? Do we, do we do- I'm gonna live and live now. Barbara? Yes. We've done Barbara. Wait, it has to be one that you haven't done? Yes. Bitch. Oh my God. Okay, fine. Um, Bitch, in this world of... Beth Level. Beth Level. We've had Beth Level. Okay. Okay, wait, wait. Let me... Well, this is like, no. who am I going to pick then? I don't I don't know. We've had 46 episodes so far. You're 47. Hold on, hold on. All I'm right. Gonna, all right. Let me, let me, let me, li- let me list you who can... we've done. Wait. And you can tell me. Does my me... Broadway diva have to be a woman? Could it be a divo? It could be. You could be our first divo. Yeah, I kind of like that. All right. Um, here, here are the last couple we've just okay. done. Uh, Carolee Carmelo, mm-hmm. Sophia Ann Caruso, mm-hmm. Bonnie Milligan, Sherry mm-hmm. Renee Scott, Stephanie J. Block, LaShawns, Caitlin Kinnan and Beth Level, okay. Kelly O'Hara, Betty Buckley, Kate Baldwin. Okay. Milius right. White, Vanessa Hudgens. Oh, God. Vanessa Hudgens. That's amazing. Yeah, that was um, a job. Have we done Adina? Um, we have not let's let we've talked about her let's do her and i love it she's a diva and a diva she is both <laughs> yes she is both john has uh, gone on record on this podcast to say that she does have a slight penis and that's yeah. not to say that she's manly simply that if she wanted to she could top you good damn i love she it would adina menzel no qualms for you. adina menzel this is for you thank you so much for listening guys abby where can people find you on the social needs they can find me at at Abby Goldfarb, A B B Y G O L D F A R B, on Instagram, mm-hmm. and the same thing on Facebook. And mm-hmm. come see Fiddler. Uh, we're at Stage Forty Two. Yeah, Fiddler on the Roof in Yiddish on, on Forty Second Street, 42nd right next Street. to the Playwrights Horizons. It is. Yes, and we're open till as of right now till January fifth. So you've got plenty of time. Plenty of time. Eight shows a week, baby. I'm not. I'm not rushing then. No. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Hey. Thanks, thank you so, Matt. Thank you, Abby. Love you. Thank you, Adina. Bye. Bye. wondered how your favorite performer actually feels well here's your chance welcome to the quiet part out loud 
with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor, and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.